On this week's show, we're going to talk about how to prep your credibility sales manual. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Before we get started with today's content, I want to share a quick video with you. It's designed for any potential sponsors or exhibitors that are out there looking for a chance to get involved at Epic 2020. A lot of contractors, a lot of opportunity. AGIA is the only one that gets it right. You keep raising the bar. You guys pick people that can relate it to what we do in business as well. Parties get better as well. You know, easy to meet some faces and in a less formal environment. Even though it's a casual party atmosphere, there's still a great opportunity to network. Your contractors are amazing. They're they're open and willing to learn. We've had dealers actually stop, have questions, we're able to engage. A lot of forward-thinking contractors. Obviously, it's important to them. Our booths are set up in a general session. You take the general session area and it converts into, into vendor night. And the amount of traffic that we have at our booth is amazing. Scan a QR code, get that contact information. It's also made it very easy for us to collect leads through their app, make it easier to take leads home with us. If you haven't signed up for Epic, what's wrong with you? You need to do it now. Don't snooze like we did in the past. Take advantage of being part of something that's a really great opportunity. This week, we're going to continue our new series on sales with the master himself, Mr. Gary Ellix. The last two weeks, Gary talked about the sales basics, like sales philosophies, mindset, and of course, preparation, and how you should frame the approach to become a top producer in the industry. This week, Gary's going to dive into prepping your credibility sales manual, so let's join Gary right now. Hi, welcome back to EGIA, Contractor University. I'm Gary Ellix. Thanks for coming. We're going to talk today about sales process, and particularly we're going to talk about using a credibility manual. Uh, so in many different sales training classes, there'll be a presentation manual some form of credibility or evidence as to why you want your brand, your company, your reputation, your products, your guarantees, your pricing, uh, essentially everything that you have as a business, how you would present that to the homeowner. Uh, so I'm an advocate of understanding the social styles of the client first and then using the presentation system to be able to match that particular social style or social styles. So whether that's a husband or wife or whether that's uh, you know, a significant other, uh, or it doesn't matter you know, who's in that relationship that you're actually talking to. My philosophy is this, is that um, somebody who's a driver of personality, somebody who's fast-paced, results-oriented, very driven, uh, goal-oriented, get me out of here fast, isn't going to want to sit through you know, a 20 or 30-minute presentation where you're flipping through a credibility manual and telling me about all the reasons why you're great. Uh, I'm okay with that 
but that's not philosophically what my personal experience has been. And I promise you I've been in those presentations where you're going through the slides or you're going through the material, and I'm bored out of my mind. So, you know, I've already made my decision, and what you're doing is you're agitating me at this point. So sales process dictates that you focus on the client's agenda, that we understand our customers. So we're going to go through the social styles, and we're going to go through understanding the various types of social styles. And that's really where the credibility manual, the presentation manual, what I would consider to be the evidence or the answers to why your company or your products and services are the best solution for that client, match and make sense with the social style. Now, that's a very sophisticated approach. So the basic approach is have a credibility manual, go through the process, win some deals, aggravate some people, move on. The more advanced approach is to understand that, hey, Gary doesn't want to really listen to you know, 45 minutes of slides about your Better Business Bureau or about your Angie's List ratings or about why you, who, who you are. I may have already contacted you based on a referral. So my interest is what my interest is. And so your job as a salesperson is to discover that and to match your presentation style and your system to me. So that's number one. Number two is that your presentation system needs to understand that you have about 16 different personality social styles. So you got to have the whole enchilada there. And what we're going to do is we're going to use that as an answer to the enchilada. Do you want chicken enchiladas? Do you want cheese enchiladas? Do you want green sauce? Do you want red sauce? Or do you want all of it? Now, when we think about that, it's very important to note that that means your credibility manual has to be all-encompassing. It has to understand that some people may actually want to sit through that you know, 45 minutes, and that's OK. Some people may not, and that's also OK. The idea of focusing on the customer's agenda, it's incumbent upon you as a comfort consultant or a technician who sells to recognize that your credibility manual needs to master everything and be able to organize around the idea, use it based on that particular customer's needs. So pictures of jobs, absolutely. A Better Business Bureau rating, absolutely. Testimonials, absolutely. Geolocation, you know, customer letters that says, I've done it on that street over there, and here's some photographs of that beautiful installation, absolutely. Pictures of zoning, application, absolutely. Is that important that you present that on every single call all the time? No, it's not. Okay, If you do that, you're going to lose some deals. So what you want to do in order to advance your sales process is you want a credibility system that provides the evidence and the answers as to why you're the best choice, and you want to match that to the social styles. So you have the ability to go all the way with all the enchiladas, or you have the ability to answer questions and narrow it in based on what the customer's interests are. So with that in mind, I'd like you to take a look at the outline of what I consider to be a minimum level of a credibility manual. Now, a credibility manual, uh, so I'm going to show you something here. So I've got my company credibility manual in front of me here. So this is an example of a credibility manual. So we carry this thing around. We got our iPad in here. We got our tablet in here. Whatever we need to design and take care of things in order to be able to do load calculations, price calculations. But what you'll notice is, is that the, this thing right here deals with lots of different things. So there's an example of guarantees. And we're going to go through each one of these sections of the credibility manual one by one. 
video by video to discuss the idea of how you use this content matching up with the personalities. That's important for us to understand that that's behind this discussion. Today's video is about, hey, you need a presentation system. You just have to decide what's going to go in it. So we're building the credibility menu. We're building the system. We're building the approach. We're not building the individual, hey, this is how you use the two-year money-back guarantee discussion. Uh, there's tons of material out there on that, and we'll go through that as a discussion point as we move forward in this particular sales training uh, process. What I need you to understand is, is that you need to have a system, and that system is based on your company. It's not based on what Gary wants. It's based on your company. So let's take a look at some of these outlined discussion points. So first off, I like the idea of you having a, a pocket or some form of a manual where you can have that particular day or that sales calls discussion points organized, meaning the customer needs assessment. So I'll expand this just a little bit so that it shows up probably a little more interesting for you. The customer needs analysis or the needs survey. That's what this is right here. So we use a written needs analysis survey. The process is very simple. We want to ask and get answers to questions. We want to know about airflow, even temperature, humidity controls, how you live in the house. Is this, are you a snowbird? Are you somebody from Canada that you know, lives in Sun City part time? You know, how important is after the sales service to you? Do you want to be able to deal with your iPhone? Do you want to match the iPhone process? Don't care. Only need to know what you care about as a client. That process means the needs assessment has to be organized so that, in fact, we ask and answer the same questions. Here's what happens. If you don't follow this process, your comfort consultant will get busy, get fast, will run lots of leads, and we will miss questions, and we won't ask consistently the same types of questions and get the answers. That leaves opportunities on the table for you, your gross profit dollars, customer reviews, customer satisfaction, opportunities to really do the work that you are wanting to do as a business. So second thing, the technical application worksheet. The ability to understand we're going to take pictures, we're going to have an application worksheet. Where are we dimensioning? Uh, what type of a system are we dealing with? So we want a technical application system. That's a separate document that's part of that process. It's going to be on every call. We make that transaction happen, part of the paperwork that goes into the office for the installers to review. And what the material list is derived from comes directly from the technical analysis, okay? Not the customer analysis. The customer analysis is what does Gary want? The technical analysis is how are we going to solve these technical problems, duct airflow, you know, how are we going to deal with dimensioning, et cetera. Job layout, photos, got to have all that, got to have that attached to the technical analysis. Heat gain, heat loss forms. So if you're using an iPad and you're using software like Elite or you're using something like the Carrier program uh, or you're using uh, Drew's program, love all of those programs. But that has to be a part of the process then, so that becomes part of the printed documentation so that we understand CFMs, airflows. And in some areas of the country, by the way, that's a required submittal for that to be done uh, in order to be able to actually get the final inspection and permits done. So heat gain, heat loss forms are part of that process. And then the options form. The options form is something that is uh, misunderstood. The options form for us is a form that says that I'd like to do a one-call close, but if it's a two-call process, that's going to be okay, too. 
So we're not going to say, well, you have to do a one-call process. There are sales trainers out there, and people have said this on many different occasions. You've got to get this done now. If you don't get it done, you're not going to make that transaction. Um, I promise you, you will never close me personally on a one-call process. It is not going to happen. It has never happened. I will go to my grave before it happens. It's just not how I purchase. I do, on the other hand, purchase lots of things. And so you're going to have to understand my social style, which is you've got to get me in a position to feel comfortable with you. And for me, that requires some analytics, and I have to understand what's going on in process. That's not going to happen in a two-hour, you're going to close me or you're going to walk out. You need to understand that. So there's people that are going to want to buy from you, and if you try to force the one-call process on them, what you're going to do is you're going to aggravate them, and they're going to, they're going to write nasty things about you you know, in terms of the public review. And with the Internet and the capability of social media today, I don't really think you want to approach it that way. So what you do is you read the personalities and you ask the customer, earn the right to advance the sale, right? Customer needs, persuade through involvement, back to the basic sales process. We need to understand that the options form is there if a customer asks you for an estimate and they're not a one-call close, rather than you doing the design, the layout, and putting all the information together and organizing everything and putting that in a customer's hands so that they can go ahead and shop you with, you know, one truck Chuck. No offense if your name is Chuck, but one truck Chuck, somebody who's going to be low priced, low overhead, working out of their home, and is just going to do it off your engineer. I can do that for less. I can do everything is on that list, and I can do it for $5,000 less. Why are you going to give the customer the answers to all their problems, do all the engineering work, the application work, everything that they're paying you for, why you're a premium company, and then hand that to somebody who isn't as experienced or skilled as you? So what the options form does is the option is generic. It says, we're going to give you an optimum system. We're going to give you a 16-year parts and labor warranty on that. We're going to give you 75,000 BTUs. Of course, I'm just making all this up. But it's check the box generic. And what we do is we hand that to the client. And it is not a detailed investment agreement. It does not lay out everything that's necessary for the application work and the engineering side of the work to be done. It's more or less a quote. It's an estimate. That's why we call it the options form. I'll go through the options form in detail. So what we do is we leave that with a client who we pretty much know isn't buying from us, or we leave that with a client who asks us for a basic estimate. And so we can check multiple layers. So I can do a value system, or I can do a, a, a better system, or I can do an optimum system and an ultimate system, and I can check a couple of boxes, and I can put down a price range. It'll be between this and this. It's designed 100% to defeat the competitor that comes behind you that can say, well, yeah, I'll do it for less than that, okay? Now, the question is always going to come up from this discussion, well, won't customers get upset about that? And the answer is, some customers might, but if that's the customer getting upset about it, then they probably were buying from somebody else anyway, and they were just using you as a secondary or a third or tertiary bid. So you're not going to make every sale. The options form is designed as an answer to the give it to the customer and make sure they understand that this is what you're going to estimate, uh, create an estimate for, uh, but it's not necessarily the final version of what you're going to do. It doesn't contain the details. Uh, next on that list is the company profile. The company profile for us 
is uh, we have the vision and the values of our business, who we are, uh, the pictures and photos of all the folks that are in the business, uh, how long we've been in business, just everything necessary to support the bonds, the insurance, the licensing, the fact that we have a license, you know, that we, uh, that we have a building, we, are, you know, we pay our people insurance, et cetera, et cetera. So that's more of a company profile, who we are. And we use that to be able to describe for those companies or those customers that are interested in, well, you know, how'd you get into heating and air conditioning? Well, you know, I've been in the business since 1983. Let's talk about that. So if you've got a moment, and then we can show them everything they need to know about our particular company. And a lot of people are interested in that. Some people are not. Again, it's a direct answer to a problem that is asked and answered based on a customer need, not necessarily a credibility flip book where you're going, and here's who we are, and here's you know, our dog, and here's our mascot, and here's our service manager, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that can be interesting to some people, but it can be relatively boring for others. So you need to be very careful with that. Our team. So we're going to have photographs of everybody. We're going to have a picture of the company, a picture of the building, pictures of the parts warehouse facility, pictures of the, all that beautiful equipment that we have in the back. We've got everything that you could possibly need. A picture of fleet, pictures of the service manager, pictures of Gary standing on the pedestal, you know, acting like he's six foot five, saying, yeah, we got this. So all of that stuff that presents the human side of who you are and the people side, very important to some folks. A lot of people that are relationship driven are going to want to see the people. They're going to want to see the people that have been in the business. One of the things that we talk about in this particular discussion right here is our average installer has been with our company for over 10 years. So some of the installers have been there eight years, but some have been there 20. So we present that as the average of our install group is over 10 years of experience. And that's important to you, Mrs. Jones because we want to make sure that the work that we do is craftsmanship oriented. We're not just going to put it in. In fact, we have a detailed specification that we would like to share with you. Very important point. Listen to the nomenclature, a detailed specification we'd like to share with you that explains the differences between how we're going to do things as a company that's based on craftsmanship and maybe a less expensive company who may present the idea that the air conditioner will work fine for you but they may skip a few steps. And so let's take a look at that. Now, what's important about that is I actually do have a specification inside of my credibility book that does lay out all the specifics of everything that we do as a company that separate our installation requirement from somebody else's. And so that doesn't mean that somebody else isn't doing it. It means mine's in writing, and I've introduced that topic, and it's in the book. So if somebody says, hey, that's pretty interesting, you know, you're, you're $20,000 and the other guy's 15. What's the difference? Well, we can start talking about that. We've introduced that as a topic. Keep that in mind for later as we discuss that. Financing plans. Uh, one thing I haven't talked about in terms of the credibility manual is you want to tab this. You notice that these are yellow highlighted sections. I've got tabs listed in here. So I can instantly go to the financing section. And it's just broken down just like a, a binder. And so if somebody wants to ask a question about application, equipment, products, warranties, guarantees, or in this case, financing, I can flip directly to the financing tab and I am present at that place. It's an answer book. It's not a presentation book. It can be a presentation book, but it needs to be an answer book too. Remember, again, we're looking at social styles. We're looking at personalities. We're looking at interpreting people and figuring out what the customer's needs are. If you sit down and you just present and you go through it, 
you're going to have about 50% of the people on the planet are not, they're going to be polite, but they're going to be alienated in terms of their interest in you. Next on that list then becomes the home comfort and design ideas. So the previous video, we talked about application work, the need to understand airflow, duct systems, uh, CFMs, adding supplies, adding returns, balancing, uh, you know, using control, zoning, even temperature, humidity control, um, all the comfort components that relate noise or sound. So this is an education system. It's kind of an important point to recognize that it, we're going to use the sales process. We're going to have a pre-call. Uh, we're going to have the preparation for the call. We're going to have the actual call. And we're going to have the, you know, I sold you something final development process after the sale type video call. And so one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to send the customer some information ahead of our sales process. And we're actually going to make a phone call to them as well. So part of what we're going to embed in our credibility manual is some material and information that actually, if they read it, that's great. But if they didn't read it, we still have it embedded in here. And that's part of what this is. If you look here, there's an education system, which is a diagram of typical homes in your marketplace, all zoned, color-coded, where the air conditioner goes, where the furnace might go, or if it's a heat pump, where the air handling unit goes, how we're going to deal with multi-level systems, how we're going to deal with basements, whatever market you're in. Your job is to educate the client about how you're going to deal with their particular problems. Also, just the idea of what makes comfort go in a home, the nature of airflow and how air actually moves through duct systems and the need for you to make sure that you're going to put a good machine in a great duct system, not a good machine in a bad airflow or duct system. Education creates opportunities for clients to ask you questions. It's opportunities for them to engage with you. And then you can, you can more fully use your credibility and presentation system to say, yeah, I'm really glad you asked that question. Let's explain why your master bedroom might not necessarily heat and cool the same way as the room next to it. Let's take a look. When I was looking at your master bedroom, I noticed that you did not have uh, a return air. Let me explain what that is. And you can open the book and you can show them what a return air looks like. And you can say, air has to be taken out of a room in order for air to be put into a room. That's what we call air balancing. If there's no air taken out of a room, the air will not properly go into the room. And that's one of the reasons why your doors open and close when your air conditioning or your furnace system comes on is that it's actually extracting air. It's sucking air down to the furnace or the blower in order to grab air so that it can push air through your duct system. Since there is no return air, there is no removal of air inside of your master bedroom through the vent, it's pulling it through the doorway and that door starts closing and that's why that door opens and closes when the air conditioner comes on. And so you can use your credibility manual with pictures and you can show them exactly what's going on. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know a lot about certain things and when somebody takes a little bit of time and explains those things to me and they can visually represent what's going on, that makes me like them better and it also makes me have credibility in what they're saying. They've explained it to me in a layman's terms, if you will, that makes me feel comfortable that they're going to take care of me. They're genuinely interested in me understanding what's going on. And I feel good about that. And when I feel good, I spend more money. I like you, I buy from you. I don't like you, I don't buy from you. So 
education system here, the color charts, the graphs, the variable speed system. What is variable speed? Well, that's a, that's a, a red light word for a consumer. And the green light word is we can make the air go as fast or slow into any particular space as you want. And that's what we call variable airflow. We can put air in quickly or we can put in air slowly, which is less sound. And so that's typically more desirable. In order to make it that way, we actually have to design the airflow into the room. We might have to do some modifications. We might have to add that return air in your master bedroom so that the air coming out and the air going in balance. And that's going to make it more even temperature for you. Your doors will no longer open and close. Everything will be just exactly the way you want it. So this type of discussion begins the idea of you spending some time in your credibility manual. You have to plan for that. You know, some customers at this point, like me, might be interested in a zoning system. I don't really want one system to control this room and that room. I would like my study to be ice cold. I like it that way. Other people out here might want something that's not quite as cold. So uh, having a separate zone over here might be interesting. Customers don't necessarily know what zoning is. So we have to open that up to the picture and we have to explain. We can actually make each room have its own temperature. And we can do that by installing its own thermostat. Or we can do that any way you want, Mrs. Jones. And so if that's interesting to you, let's explain that. And so we can show them what zoning looks like. And in fact, with VRF technology, more expensive, of course, I can actually put a heat pump three-pipe system in, and I can make a system heat one room and cool the next room on the exact same system at simultaneously at the same time. Now, if you don't understand that, that's an application question, but it's absolutely doable, and we can do it, and we can offer that to the homeowner now, and it's just money. So we can do anything that's just money. Education is what creates the opportunity for discussion. So you notice that VRF is on there as state-of-the-art products. Not everybody's going to want that. I can tell you right now that the industry is about 7% sales on VRF, VRV technology in the residential marketplace. That number is going up. I'm putting it in my dwelling, in my house. And so customers, that you know, people will come over. They're going to visit for a party. And they're going to ask questions. And you're going to explain it. And this is how it works. And then you know, people will write Facebook posts. Or they'll, they'll discuss things on a blog. And the next thing you know, people will be asking you about those. Yes, it's more expensive. No, it's not for everybody. But yes, there, were, there are people that will buy that. That's a status-based product. It's no different than a Ferrari or Mercedes or any of the other automobiles that you see people driving around that are very expensive, high-end products. And so people want what they want. And this is a discussion. So we need to be prepared to explain to customers what the options are so that they can make a decision. They may choose not to, but at least they had the option to say no. If we continue on what goes into the credibility manual, then we have the installation specifications. Why me? Why should you choose me as a company? And this is where we're going to have good photos, bad photos. We're going to show people what a good installation looks like. We're going to show people what you know, people that aren't craftsman oriented might do. Uh, you know, the, the, just the idea of what the code is in your marketplace would be a good place to start here. Uh, we have our quality walkthrough process in here. So in other words, one of the things that we like to talk to a homeowner about is once the installation is inside and done in your property, that is the beginning, not the end of our relationship. 
we're going to do a QC of that. So we're going to bring somebody separate in than the installer, and we're going to walk through your home with you, with your permission, and we're going to make sure that everything that we said that we were going to deliver on is done, and that it's done exactly to our specification that we've already talked about. And so we have that independent person doing that in order to make sure that you are 100% fully satisfied. That process is in that book so that we can have that conversation. That makes me different. 99% okay? of the companies out there do not send somebody else back to the home to do a walkthrough. That costs money. It also requires somebody to be present to do that who has good knowledge of installation practice. But I want that to be the case because I'm going to charge more money on a daily basis for my crew. My crew is a better crew. I've trained them and spent more time and energy to figure that out. Therefore, I have to price it higher. And that process proves to the consumer that the, you know, the wolf isn't guarding the hen house in terms of Gary didn't do the installations. Gary's not doing the quality check. Somebody else is going to do the QC check. When that occurs, the customer feels good that the idea that, you know what, that's pretty good. Uh, Pella Windows did that for me. Oh, this is probably going back 10, 12 years now. Pella Windows installed a bunch of windows in my uh, last property. And uh, the guy who did it, they flew in, was the installation uh, crew leader. Guy was a terrific uh, craftsman. Uh, but they sent uh, you know, a different person out to walk through the property with me and go through everything that they were supposed to do on the original estimate. And they did catch a few things that, uh, that they didn't do. Uh, in fact, he looked at one of the doors that were installed um, that were pretty expensive doors. And he said, yeah, uh, he's like, this door is, not, is I'm, we're going to have to redo this door. He's like, um, you probably wouldn't notice it, but this door itself, it's already beginning to fail um, as far as the, the, the seal and the outer penetration of, it was a wood door. He's like, this is not going to last. He's like, this is, this is a door that clearly, we probably shouldn't have installed it. He's like, we'll take care of it, no charge, blah, blah, blah. So the point is, I wouldn't have recognized that. I'm not knowledgeable enough in that particular set of uh, space or you know, door verticals to know that that particular product wasn't going to match. Uh, so if somebody once said to me, well, he probably did that on purpose. Well, why would you do that? I mean, he has to send another crew out. He's got to get another door. Uh, he left me the other doors, by the way. So he's like, what do you want to do with these? I'm like, well, I'll keep them. Maybe I'll install them internally or something like that. So it doesn't make sense that somebody would do that on purpose. It, it, you're just spending money and time and resources. So it was a legitimate issue. So if we go back to this discussion, You'll also notice that uh, on the quality uh, guarantees, there are what we call uh, customer trust guarantees. That's our nomenclature. You can call it whatever you want. But we have a best value, lowest cost guarantee. We have a two-year money back, no questions asked guarantee. That's the test drive. We have a hotel guarantee. So if we can't you know, get the installation done uh, right away for you for whatever reason, we'll put your family up in a hotel at our expense. Uh, even though we put in air conditioning uh, systems that are temporary, it's still an offer that we make because um, people may not want. We're, we're working until 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, and while we're still working, you guys might want to be having dinner or you might want to be swimming in the pool with your kids. I'm okay with that. That's part of the hotel guarantee. The last unit you'll ever need, the lifetime replacement, that's based on the equipment that we have. We have a lifetime, uh, no overtime guarantee You know, once we've installed the product. For service agreement customers, and then we have a carefree guarantee. The carefree guarantee moves around, depends on the seasons. 10, 
16 or 20 years, depending on the promotion. It, what the important part about that is, is that we're putting the service agreement and the parts and labor warranty on top of that as part of the installation. That separates me from the average company. Most companies will do a 10-year parts and labor that they're buying, and that's fine. But very few companies are going to extend that into their 16 years. I'll, I'm prepared to do that. We underwrite that, put that on the balance sheet. That's a whole pricing conversation. But when we get right down to it, those carefree guarantees are only on our installations because we control the integrity of the engineering, the integrity of the process. Also, the 23 questions. So we're going to give the customer, inside of the credibility manual, we have a separate form. If they're going to get other estimates, we're OK with that. It's not a one-call process for us. It might be a two-call process. We're going to give them the list of questions to make sure that they ask and get answered from any contractor that comes in that door to make sure that they are going to get the quality installation that they want. Next on that comfort advisor presentation system or credibility manual are the home comfort options. This is where you're going to have your choice of products, your product positioning, you're going to have the, uh, the price book. If you have price inserts, all of our price inserts are in there. Again, we'll go through these one by one. Each one of these will be a video. Uh, we're in the generator business. We're in the water filtration, water heater business. So those are in there. Uh, accessories, indoor air quality products are also isolated and in there. All of those are uh, potential adders as accessories. So if a customer wants to do a deluxe system with us, but they want to add a generator, we can happily do that. So that's going to be priced at, I'm just going to make up a number, $10,000. And then the generator, let's call that uh, $4,000. That's just a building block. The $4,000 goes on top of the 10. And then we can say, great, it's $14,000. And then we can give them a little discount for the fact that we're going to be there for that same Labor Day. So all of that is all broken down. The installation specification is broken down. How we're going to deal with it is broken down. Then the last discussions are the investment agreements. Um, product positioning, the pricing, but also the financing, the money that's going to be paid, $99 a month over a five-year period, uh, $129 a month over a three-year period. All of that is dealt with. Uh, the, so the financing discussion, we also have a financing calculator that's part of our system, is iPad. Uh, I built that spreadsheet. It's actually on the EGI website. And we can put in the term, we can put in the price, and it will create the financing payment right there, right on the spot, so that we can have a conversation. If a customer wants to add a generator, we can change the payment right there, and we can give them an idea what the financing is right at that moment. Obviously, they still have to qualify, but we can give them the idea of what it is that the cost associated with that is going to be if they're not going to write us a check. Uh, last couple of things there, testimonials. We've got a section that's tabbed out on customer reviews, uh, customer letters that have, you know, letters of accommodation saying, hey, these guys are great. You know, we're really happy with everything they've done. Uh, our Angie's List ratings, our Better Business Review ratings, we're an A-plus company. Uh, we also have a list, by the way, um, that you might want to think about. Uh, the various companies in the marketplace uh, that haven't got great reviews uh, we give the customer, we don't say that, and we don't tell anybody to, you know, that, that, that they're a bad company. We just say, well, here's a place that lists all the areas where you can go to check on the type of companies that you're doing business with. Don't assume that because somebody says we're a great company that we are. Check our reviews. Check the information. Do your homework. Make sure that you get what you want. And so those review systems, like, Ripoff Report, www.ripoffreport is an example. 
So you can go to Ripoff Report and there'll be a list of companies that have done some nefarious things in the marketplace uh, that you know show that that company isn't really a great company or the people that are involved with that company aren't a great company. Uh, there's a company in Arizona that's been notorious for selling customers 10-year parts and labor warranties and then at about year six they just disappear with the money. They've done it three times and they just did it again and they reincarnate as a new business. So my job is to make sure that the customer is educated and informed. So I'm not going to say anything about that company. That's negative selling and that's never a good thing. But to give the customer a list of websites that they can go to do the research we're a company that's proud of our reputation, so here, go do your homework, make sure you choose a company. If it's not us, make sure that it's a company that you're going to feel good about. Last but not least, articles. Uh, we have those tabbed out, green articles, uh, EPA information, information on refrigerant change, especially for people that are R22 oriented and they're looking at a repair. Um, just having information on carbon monoxide and safety protocols. Those are all part of the process of your credibility system. So uh, a final recap on this discussion. What we're saying is pretty simple. You need to have a credibility system. I don't really care uh, if you follow the level of detail that we have. That's not, that's not relevant. It's not as important. You know, maybe you don't care. It's not as important to you. Uh, but that's a baseline. So you need to have some form of a presentation system. The second part about it is I would definitely tab it. I mean, for me, it's about being able to react quickly to a conversation. Obviously, the more you use your tools, the more access you'll have. A good example of that is we have that little plastic zip bag, you know, that uh, we carry of components. And so we can talk about, you know, 22 gauge metal versus 16 gauge metal for the heat exchanger. And so that's part of our system. It goes right inside of the book. Tab it out. Make sure you understand how to use your tools. Make sure that you understand social styles. So we're going to train on social styles. We're going to train on the various personality characteristics so that you can recognize that if I'm bored and you're going through a presentation, that you know, that's probably not going to go very well for you. So make sure you understand how to read people, read social styles, that you can engage and connect. Uh, make sure that you're not using this as just a flip book. It can be a flip book, but you're going to want to use it as a tool to be answering questions that are based on the idea of customers' needs. And then make sure you practice. You can't practice enough. Role play, use the tools, make sure that you engage and understand that your, your job is to make the customer aware, get them in a position to make an informed decision. The more you practice, the better you're going to be at the articulating the language and not relying on the actual tool itself. Now, as usual, that's some awesome content from Gary right there. If you're interested in learning more about this topic, I want to encourage you to sign up for a 30-day free trial by clicking Join at the top of this page. This is just a small piece of the process, and you need the whole thing to make it all work. We have a lot more content from Gary on sales, including reviewing the in-home survey, presenting options to homeowners, uh, investment agreements, load calculations, and much, much more. So sign up for a free trial today and try it out for yourself absolutely free. That's it for this week, folks. Stay tuned. Next week, we're going to talk about the lead coordination function in the sales process. Till then, bye-bye for now.